Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. I want to do one other thing. And just seeing Jake here. Um, Jake, I was thinking about you as a leader in our community, specifically with our kids. And also Olivia, and I know Ashley, some of those that are on the board for our uh, youth sports. And are there any other that are in the church? And then also maybe any, anybody that is a, a coach or a teacher or a faculty member at all in our, the life of our students. Anybody out there like that? Could you all just stand if you're one of those? And Jake, Olivia, Ashley, those that are... Yeah, yeah, Jeff, absolutely, 100%. And so here was my heart, and this was during worship, and as seeing the kids running off, David high-fiving our kids as they're taking off, it was just neat. And it was like the Lord's just moving on my heart, like God just loves kids, and he says, if you want to make it into heaven, you got to come like a child, with childlike faith. We've got a lot of people in our, in our church that's serving our community by serving our children. And I just want to pray for more impact, that we would raise up great you know, students and, and great programs as it comes to athletics and, and things like that. Um, I mean, we want to have a championship culture, no doubt, but more than just wins and losses is we want to make an impact in the lives, and we want to raise up better sons and daughters and future community leaders, right? I mean, that is the goal at the end of the day, is not to hang banners, but it's to get more people in heaven, um, that's the goal. And so let's just pray that we would be a church of impact as we reach into our community. So let's pray for that. Jesus, I just lift up this crew right now that has immediate and uh, uh, deep connections to the life of the youth in our community. Lord, we just pray that their voices would, would ring deep and, and, and strong in the hearts of young men and young women. God, I pray that we would have, have winning cultures. We pray that we would have success in the class, classroom and on the field. But Lord, we pray that there would, because of these people, Lord, that you would move in the hearts of young men and women and turn their hearts toward Jesus. And that our community, because of those that are engaged, we would see a shift. We would see a, a revival take place in our school system. And that you would make an impact in the lives of so many young people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, it's my birthday, and I'll preach what I want to. Okay? Yeah. Heard that. <laughs> and if I could give myself my, my own little birthday gift here, it is to preach a message that is just so deep and meaningful to me. And it's to be able to hear the heart of God and how he desires you and his desire for me. What are the affections that God has for me? And so this morning is going to be one massive hug from Father God as he just wants to set some affection upon you and, and gain some identity. I'll tell you, many times we gain identity from the, from the words that people speak to us and, and over us. And we, many times we become like what we are around. And so for me, the two biggest realities, and these are the two Ps, you've heard them before, 
that are going to form and fashion the human heart, and eventually it's going to determine destinations. Number one is the presence, and number two is people. And so we want to go hard after the presence, and we want to have the right people around us, because when, that, when those two pieces get super solid in our life, life goes well for us. It just, it just does. There's this time whenever Moses is going up to get, the, um, to get the two tablets for the Ten Commandments. And Moses goes into the presence of the Lord and something shifted in Moses. I'll tell you, it's hard to have a, a for real encounter with Jesus and not be changed. And for you to come into the presence of the Lord and be unmoved, there's a problem. And to not have something want to leap out of your heart, like you're bored, like, man, I should be somewhere else. When's this thing getting over? The Colts are going to play. Like, we got to move on for something else. The, the chicken's getting cold. We want to be so enamored in the presence that there's one thing that is desired. There's one thing that is needed. There's nothing else that's on the radar because nothing else matters. And I lock into the presence of the Lord, and he begins to shift the inner man. And he begins to do something deep that I can't really fully explain or put my finger on it, but I'm going to try my best and how he can rewire the human heart and how he can form and fashion and he turns us into a different thing with the renewing of our minds and the transforming of our lives. And it happens in the presence, more so than it happens reading the news or watching the news or consuming whatever or hanging out with, you know, life suckers and not life givers like I need to make sure that there's something that's happening within me that's that's causing me to become more and more conformed to the image of the son of God and that happens the more that I get around Jesus so Moses in in uh, in in Exodus 34 Exodus 34 29 it says this when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenantal law in his hands. He was not aware that his face was radiant because he had just spoken with the Lord. It says that the people couldn't even look upon him because they were afraid, as if he was a man who had been with God. And I don't know about you, but many times when people look at me, they're like, yeah, he's been around sports. That's what he always talks about. Yeah, he's been around food. <laughs> Not only does he always talk about it, but he smells like it and he looks like it. He's, only, he's been around whatever. And they say, we can see it on this guy. This guy has been with the Lord. And something shifted in Moses to where his face was glowing in the presence of the Lord. It's the power of the presence that begins to give identity to us. This picture that you see here is from the movie The Wizard of Oz. And here's this little tiny town girl, Dorothy, just country girl, right? Small town, Kansas, maybe like Fairmount, Indiana slash Kansas, this little country girl. And the movie starts with this tornado comes in and wipes out. And it reshifts some identities. And we see these identities pop up later don't we? In the form of the scarecrow and the lion and the tin man. And identities were shift in the midst of a tornado. I don't know about you, but sometimes whenever I go through some hardships, I feel like my identity can, can get rattled a little bit. And where I once was the uncle, I'm now a tin man without a heart. 
or where I once was, was the, the, the friend or, the, or uh, whoever, uh, I'm trying to think who the other one was, but now I'm, I'm, I'm a lion without courage, or I'm the, I'm the ant, and something has moved and shifted identities inside of me. And no matter what those storms of life are, here's where I want us to go today is whenever I live in the presence and I live in the shadow of the cleft of the Almighty, it could be raining and storming outside, but I know that I'm safe because I'm in the presence. And can I tell you that the presence is the safest place on the planet. Even if you're called to be a missionary in Afghanistan, the safest place is to follow the call of God on your life. And it's safer in Afghanistan than it is to live outside of the call of God in America. And they say, Jesus, where you go, I'll go. What you want me to say, I'll say. Where you, want me to, where, where you send me, I'm going to go and I'm going I'm I'm to obey fully. And I know that there's joy to be found in that place, even in the midst of the tornado. God, I know that you're good. And then as you're walking through these different seasons of life and we're in the land of Oz, there's this old uh, wizard and his voice is trying to, trying to control the scenario. And saying these things about your identity and you're not enough and you'll never make it. And you don't have what it takes and nobody really cares and you're not worth fighting for. And, and all of these different words that want to come over until you can just peek behind the, the curtain. And the voice is like, don't worry about the man that's behind the curtain. Don't worry about it. Don't pay, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And if the man behind the curtain was revealed, you'd see it's just this old man that's probably lonely himself. And say, you know what, I just want to get the voice that matters the most in the land of Oz for me is the voice of God. And I want to make sure that I'm hearing that voice clearly. There is a voice that is, that's, that's able to make all of the crooked paths straight. He's able to open doors that no man can shut. He can shut doors that no man can open. There is one that I need on this yellow brick road more than anyone else. And to act like I don't is, is the chief of foolishness. It's asinine. And to say, Jesus, you're the one thing that I need. I just need clarity. For some of those Taylor students right now, you're looking, you have the world at your feet. You're beginning to start all of these things of life. You're saying, Jesus, I need clarity because clarity is king. And when I can see clear and the Lord begins just to make, make these, these mysteries, he reveals them to me, man, life just gets really, really good. And so I start to know who I am. I know the giftings and the callings that he's placed upon my life. And then I can get to what I need to get to. And what we see then is, is Dorothy begins to get a tribe around her. She begins to get the right people. She gets this ragtag group, doesn't she? There's this lion, a tin man, a scarecrow. You're thinking, these guys are a bunch of clowns. And I think, perfect. Because that's the kind of people usually God rallies around us right? We got this lion, we got this tin man, we got this scarecrow, and we've all got hang-ups and we've all got issues, but together we're going to get through this thing, and she begins to get this tribe around her. So identity and direction, I feel like, comes from the presence, and it comes from people. One of the things that I find so helpful for me in the presence is a deeper level of intimacy. There comes a knowing there becomes this, this shifting and a sense of belonging. I'll tell you, there's times whenever I just sit in the presence of the Lord. And I don't even have to have an agenda. But I just make myself available. 
and I just yield some time. And I just take time. But I posture my spirit in such a way that it's postured with, with hunger. Like I'm not letting my back hit the, hit the back of the seat because I'm leaning in to the Lord. I've postured myself in a, in a spirit of hunger, right? There's this, there's this edge on my spirit where I just want more. And then I listen. And the maker of my heart begins to do really cool things. The Bible says that the, that the, that the heart of the king is in the Lord's hand and he moves it wherever he will. Whew, I'm like, God, just move in my heart. Just shift some, some identity. These, these little pieces of fear, these little areas where I'm just not totally convinced, these areas where I'm just making some bad decisions. Man, this lack of patience going on inside of me. And I just allow the presence to shift and to shake me. And church, if I could contend for you, please get in the presence. There's many things that we could consume in life. And there's probably a bunch of garbage that we can consume in life. A lot of news, a lot of negativity. I just want to tell you, if you're reading more news than you're reading your Bible, you're probably out of balance. If you're watching more of the news than you are reading the Word of God, not just probably, I would just say you are out of balance. Let's be a church that knows the Word of God. We've hidden the Word deep within our hearts that we would know Him, that we would not sin against Him, but that our hearts would delight in who He is. Ugh. Come on. There is power in the presence. Something else, there's also perspective in the presence. There's a different perspective. This, this last, uh, kind of over the weekend, Alyssa and I, we went to Attica to the Badlands and we rode four-wheelers. You'd think I would have learned from last time, but I didn't. And so we went back. And so last time, if you remember, we flipped the four-wheeler upside down and it was completely covered at the bottom. It's called the bottom underneath all, all of this water. And so fortunately, I didn't do it this time, but Judah was really close twice. So Judah comes flying through this one, and he gets absolutely buried in this, in this uh, uh, I guess you call it a puddle, um, but it's about a three-foot puddle. And so thankfully, on this four-wheeler, we have, we have this toe, uh, like this toe strap. So we pull it out, we hook onto another four-wheeler, put him in all-wheel drive, boom, pulls it right out. It's beautiful. So you know what he does the next day? Same thing, different puddle. I got this one, pff, completely buries it. The four-wheeler shuts off. It's like, I can't do it anymore, man. I'm sucking the wind. I'm, it's over. I'm out. So there's this guy that helps us. He pops it off. He's like, hey, let's just take a, like a quick look at your air filter. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let's take a look. So we pull it out. He pulls off the air filter. It's just dripping with water and with mud. He goes, this is a problem. I'm like, yep, that's a big problem. So we take the air filter off, and I kind of limp it along all the way back to the, the camp, to the headquarters. Hey, I need a new air filter. Boom, we pop this thing back on. I mean, it, this thing was so clean, you could eat off of it. And I almost thought about it. And so we put this back on the four-wheeler, and we hop back on the and we're off and running again. Uh, Ronnie uh, ran into a tree on one of them. Um, uh, on, on one of the other ones, we had to then get our toe strap fixed. All of these different things. It rained on us the whole time. We were tent camping. We were in a tent. Um, 
that was a bummer. Um, but anyway, it was, just, it was just cold, it was wet, and once you get wet, it's hard to get warm. All of the, the realities of these sort of things. And I remember driving home last night, and I told Alyssa, I said, aren't you so grateful that we're able to do a trip like that? And like the weather was just good for us, and we didn't have any breakdowns. And then I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute. The weather was terrible, and all the time we were just working on machines. And what, what hit me, though, was, was just so neat. It was just so cool because I'm like, but I don't remember that stuff. What I remember was the joy. It was like labor, from what I hear, labor's hard. I don't know. But like labor's a bummer. But then you, on the other end, you get a human, and you're like, yes, I got this baby. And you're like, all of the pain doesn't matter because it's worth it to have that baby in your hands. Like for me, I just focused on the, on the joy at the end of it. And there was this perspective. I was like, Jesus, thank you just for being in this thing with me. I remember loading up the trailer yesterday. And Judah's standing there. Um, he's not helping, but he's just standing there. And I said, Judah, do you know, do you know that Jesus is right here with us as we load this trailer. And he's like, like, isn't that just a cool thought, man? Like, we just live in the presence. We get to play in the presence. This is, the, this is his kingdom. This is creation. And all of this is back to him, and it's, and it's from him, and it's through him, and it's back to him. We just honor the Lord with our lives. We just get to do this. This is our life, man. And we get to honor the king and his kingdom. We get to play with him in the presence. We get to have a perspective and an attitude that this is, this is my father's world and he delights in his kids. Isn't that a joy? And how cool that they had air filters because then we're back in the game. And how great that they have it. Like my perspective was like, it's just so cool. All of this is awesome. It's not that life isn't hard. It's just that he's in it with us. And maybe you just see that it's always hard and it's always a bummer. I'll tell you, in the presence perspective is shifted. The power of the presence can wash over our perspective. And all of a sudden, where you think everything's such such a bummer in your life, you're like, God, but you're faithful. But God, you're good through it all. And we start seeing all of the joy instead of all the times that we got ripped off. When you get into the presence, you don't start thinking about all the times that you got ripped off. You're like, oh my gosh. And you love me, and you saved me, and you went to the cross for me, I did not get ripped off. Life is way too good. And all of a sudden, we gain a different kind of perspective. Jesus tells me stuff in the presence. He loves on my spirit in the presence. He does something where he causes my spirit. He pulls me in to where I feel like I'm pursuing. There's like a difference between pursuing and posturing. There's sometimes when I pursue after the Lord, it's like I'm hungry and I'm going after him. And there's other times where there's like, it's not even me doing it. I just want to just kind of just post up. And we can pursue or we can just post. I'm just going to stay right here. And the presence begins to wash and do something really fun inside of my heart. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says this, The Lord your God lives among you. The mighty warrior who saves you, he will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with loud singing. This word rejoice means exuberant energy or violent energy. 
the Lord will sing and dance and rejoice over you. There's times whenever I just picture the Lord, the Godhead. Imagine the best, the best three voices ever singing in unison as they begin to dance over my life. And they dance over my marriage. And he's doing backflips over my kids. I believe that he's singing and dancing over our church family. He takes delight in you. Oh, how he loves you. And he wants to pour out his affection upon you. And he's not a God who's perpetually ticked off and angry and judging and critiquing. He takes pleasure in who you are. And even when you wreck the four-wheeler, or you wreck the marriage, or you wreck the whatever in life, he's like, I can fix it. And I'll make it white as snow. And it'll be brand new. And you'll be able to breathe again. And I'll get you off and running. And I'll send you back out there with full expectation that you're going to run to another tree. But it's okay. I'll be there. Because I live among you. And I dwell with you. And I take pleasure and delight in you. And I sing and I dance over you. It's the presence. It's the power of the presence. And maybe we just need awareness that he's even here. Maybe you don't need to carve off time and go find a little prayer closet. Just open your eyes and be aware. God, you're good. Oh, you're faithful. You're ferociously faithful in my life. It doesn't mean it's perfect, but it means you're present. And you're constantly good through it all. He delights in you. And maybe for some of you, your father has never delighted in you. Your father does not take joy in your life. You were a bummer. Can I tell you that the ultimate father ever does backflips over you? He sings in a loud, exuberant voice, full of energy over you. Alyssa and I, we get to enjoy a very fun marriage, I believe, is because we spend time in one another's presence, speaking our heart to one another. And the more that I spend time in the presence of someone and hear their delight in me, it breeds a sense of confidence in the relationship. And so now I'm confident before the Lord because I know who I am in his heart. I'm confident when I come into prayer because he's already told me who I am. I'm confident when I'm around my wife because she pours her affection upon me. And the more affection I feel, the more confident in the relationship I am. And it doesn't come from disconnecting from the relationship. It comes from diving in deeper to that relationship. In the Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 5, it says, Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? And the wilderness is hard. The wilderness is lonely. But someone's with you. And who is it that's leaning on their beloved, sucking wind, coming up out of that wilderness? It's you, it's me, each and every day. And he's there. He lives in this thing among us, taking delight in the whole deal. Also, the perspective piece. In Proverbs 23, 7, it says that as a man thinks, so he is. And the power of the Lord controlling the mindset is such 
a big deal. I want to show you this. We become what we think. And so one of the things that I want to do is I just want to master my mornings. And I want to have these different affirmations that I speak over my own life from the Lord. So we become what we think about and to help master my morning. So one of the things I do the first thing in the morning is I want to get up and I wish it was Jesus. And many times it's good morning, Holy Spirit. And then it's first thing is the coffee, right? Anybody else? We want to get some of that black water going on. And so once I get that coffee going on, which by the way, Judah made me hand ground slow drip coffee this morning. He measured it out at 20 grams and the temperature was 205 degrees. I had to fist bump the dude. He's on it. I prefer 21 grams, but it's okay. <laughs> we're, we're getting there. We're ramping up. So anyway, so that, so in my mornings, and I want to just kind of get, get what it's, it's just praise music going, some worship music, but just get into the presence, get into a, a good book or, or into some scriptures. And then as I want to just start, as my family just starts waking up and I just want to start speaking life to my family. But there's sometimes whenever I'm going into a meeting or maybe I'm going to, to a different nursing facility or even coming into church, if you ever see my car pull up and I don't get out of my car for a minute, just, just give me a second. I'm debating on whether I want to come in or not. Um, but eventually I'll come in. But what I'm doing is I'm sitting in my car and I'm just kind of speaking some life over myself. Okay, okay, here you are. Okay, you, you're about to walk in here. Whether you want to be here or not, you're the number one life giver. You're going to speak encouragement to people. You're going to come in and lift heads. You're going to encourage hearts. This is who you are. Come on, man of God. I just don't want to start speaking some life over myself. I want to get the identity of God. God, what are your thoughts about me? I'm more than enough. I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who, who, who strengthens me. The words of a wise man are like nails, and they go forth and pierce the hearts of men. I just start making some positive confessions over my life. Here's some of the, the breakdown of what these things look like. It's a statement describing the reality that I want to create. It's a positive statement. It's present tense. It's not one day I will. No, right now, you got what it takes, man of God, to be infused with emotion. Come on, get me fired up. Get my emotions in the ballgame. Um, and to speak it out. Sometimes we need to speak to ourselves and just instead of listen to ourselves. We listen to ourselves whine and bellyache all the time. It's time to speak to myself. Listen up, man of God. This is who you are. This is what you're going to do today. This is the identity that Christ has put upon you. Sometimes what we do, though, is I know what shifts in my identity is whenever I compare myself, we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. The Bible would say, when you compare yourself amongst yourself, you enter into all ungodliness. Isn't that fascinating? But my identity moves based upon, I'll compare my 24-7 mess to somebody else's split second of perfection. Does anybody else do that? Especially when it comes to social media. Check this out. Look at this social media picture here. This is reality. But Instagram, she got all polished up, right? How many of y'all love those face filters where you can just like put, throw them on top of yourself and all of a sudden you look like Jasmine or something? Um, and then how about this guy? He's hanging out on the beach. No, you're not. You're hanging out at my kid's playground. What are you doing right now? Look, and is that hilarious? Yeah, just hanging out on the beach, drinking a whatever. Here's the deal. Is some, there's so many times that people are just posing and I'll compare myself to the pose, Rather than, I just want to be the person that God has called and created me to be. One of the things that's going to rip off our identities is when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. And church family, I just want us to say, no. I just want to, God, who are you? Who have you called and created me to be? I want to double down. I want to triple down on the things that you have called me to be. I'll tell you this. The more that you get your identity down and the more life that you have flowing through you, the more life 
you'll be able to bring to others. Check this out from Art Williams. Everyone's got a flashing sign on their chest that says, say something good to me. Make me feel special. And everybody that you come in contact with today is just saying, do you see me? Does what I bring matter? Can you speak some life to me? Can you tell me it's going to be okay? And I'll tell you, the more that we've got the goods on the inside, the more it just overflows. When you get bumped into, that barrel's going to shift and you're going to spill out something. You're going to spill out frustration or you're going to spill out some joy. You're going to speak some life. You've got the overflowing oil of gladness that's just kind of permeating off of you. And this is the way that we get to live. Recently, I was at one of our nursing facilities a nursing home, and they had just kind of like this big open area living room space. I pull up two couches, and I go into one of the hallways, and my goal is just to start meeting with different nurses and aides that are on the floor. And I walk down the 100 hall, I'm like, hey, Stephanie, I hear that you're one of our best nurses on the 100 hall. She's like, I am? I'm like, yeah, that's the word on the street. As she puts her cell phone back into her pocket. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, probably am. I mean, look at it, look around, you know. I'm like, yeah, you're you're the best. I was like, that's the word on the street. Do you got a couple minutes? I would love to hear your story and what makes you the best. Uh, yeah, sure. So we go and we sit on these two couches. So just tell me a little bit about yourself. She starts telling me why she likes nursing, really why she doesn't, um, why she's doing whatever she's doing in in her life, what's going on in personal life and marriage, and she begins to open up. And as she begins to open up, I just hear these like one or two little key words that just start speaking some life back into her. And, hey, thanks, this was, this was great. Anybody else? Send them on down. Next, next uh, young lady comes down. Starts speaking to her. Hey, Katie, I, I hear that you're the best nurse that we've got in the 100 hall. <laughs> I am? Yeah, the best, man. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, what is it? And she, as she begins to tell her story, I just begin to start speaking some life to her. I do this for two hours with different people in different halls. I'm then pushing the couches back away, and someone comes running down the hallway out of therapy. They come running. They said, I don't know who you are. I don't know what you're doing, but you're going to sit right here, and you're going to talk to me. <laughs> you know what I said? I said, yes, ma'am. <clears throat> And I sat right there, and I, she goes, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just here. I'm, I'm, I'm from our, our management group, just coming in just to meet with some of our staff, hear their stories, hear what's going on. So who are you? What's going on in your life? She's like, oh, well, okay. And she just kind of starts sharing mainly about the job, mainly about nursing. I'm like, hey, what, married kids, like, what's your story? She begins to share about marriage, begins to open up about kids, begins to go into these deeper things. As she begins to say this stuff, I feel the Holy Spirit of God come upon me. And just these words of kind of insight, words of wisdom, words of exhortation. I said, I can just see that you're weary. And you're just tired. And you're asking a question, does anybody see it? Does anybody notice? I just want to tell you, the most important person ever sees it. God sees it. And he knows what you're going on, what's going on in marriage. He sees what's going on in your kitchen. He sees what's going on in therapy. And he sees it. And he values it. And it's good. And he's walking this journey with you. And even though the tornado of life is going on around you, he's in the midst of the storm with you. He, the, the storm might not have changed, but, the, but, but he's in it with you. 
I just want to encourage you, whatever you're going through, he's enough. She stands up. She can't even hardly contain it. She's weeping. She has to walk away. Like She's shaking. She's shaking, crying. She comes back, doesn't sit on the other couch, sits right on, beside me on my couch and smacks me on the leg. She goes, you don't know me. How do you know me? How do you know? She's crying. She can't contain it. I begin to pray with her, get her connected with one of my friends that lives in that area that goes to a church. Just recently got an email from her. She said, I've gone to church five weeks in a row. I haven't missed a service yet. God's doing some awesome things in my heart and in my life and in my marriage. I'll just tell you this, that people, we get to make an impact in people's lives. And also, how about the fact that she had a person that was able to speak some life to her? It's about the presence, but it's also about people coming around and speaking these moments of life to us. I believe that all of us have these, these core questions within us. One of those questions is, does anyone see me? Does anyone notice? Does my husband, does my wife, do they see me? Because I notice that he sees everybody else. He sees a lot of other women, but does he see me? I see that my wife has got her eyes on a whole bunch of other stuff, but does she notice me? Another question is, do I have what it takes? Is there something within me? And many times this is the question that men ask, do I have what it takes? Do I have this overcoming, do I have have the ability to get up and get after it? Because my dad told me that I was weak, he told me that I wasn't enough, that I didn't have whatever it took, right? But do I have what it takes? Another question I believe we have is, am I worth fighting for? You know, we were in this marriage, and you made some promises, some promises to me like 20 years ago, and you said for better or for worse. Well, now it's worse. Is this thing worth fighting for? And it shifts identity. Am I enough? Am I worth fighting for? Would somebody go to bat for me? And I'll tell you, the more that we get the right voices and the presence, I get really healthy. And if I can get my insides right, many times my world becomes right. Story goes, there's a dad who's looking at a magazine and his little boy just wants to play with him. Dad, come on, let's go play catch. Dad, come on, let's go play catch. He's like, no, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. And he just keeps putting him off. Another time, another time, later. And he's looking at this magazine. And the picture that he's looking at is a picture of, of the world. And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll tear out this picture of the magazine into a bunch of little pieces, give it to him, and eventually, if you can put all these, these pictures back together in the puzzle, then I'll go play with you. So he hands him this picture, and the little boy takes it off, and he goes, and he's putting all these little pieces back together, and the, the, the dad thought it was going to take him all day, and in five minutes, he comes back with the whole picture put back together. He's like, Dad, can we play now? He's like, how in the world did you do that so fast? He goes, what you don't know, Dad, is that on the other side of the picture that you were looking at was a picture of a man. And I saw it, I knew exactly what it looked like. And so when you tore it all up, I knew exactly how it went back. And so I just put the man back together. And I knew if I could get the man right, I would get the world right. And if we can just get the man right, we'll get our world right. And the man gets right in the presence. And the man gets right with the right people and voices speaking into him. And you know what? The world might still be in a tornado, but the man is good. And the man is healthy, and the man's not biting his nails. He's not freaking out. 
He's not making weird posts on Facebook that he regrets. The man's good. Because it says that, that the Lord dwells among us and he calms our hearts. To where we live without fear. And he dances over us with rejoicing. Life just gets good in the presence. We've got to get the man right. And the world will be right. I'm going to show you this video clip here. I'm a forensic artist. Worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been, and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them. They couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? Kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm going to ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm going to ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create, and that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's... She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. See, here's the reality is that <clears throat> we need our identity washed in the presence of the Lord. And we need some other people to tell us how awesome we are and to speak these words of life and words of encouragement. Earlier, we prayed for those that are impacting the lives of our kids. And your words matter more than you know. Still in my heart, I have some pretty hard words that some coaches unloaded. Still. And still in my heart, I have some pretty amazing words that some coaches 
have released on my life. We need to know who we are and to know the beauty that we have in the heart of the Lord, the way that he celebrates over us. And we need to be intentional to speak life to one another. I don't know, maybe church family, if there's a birthday gift that you could give me is that we would be the number one life givers in this community. And it's backed by the word of God, not just to puff each other up with cute little words, but to know who we are and to breed that around our community, to speak life. When Jesus comes, he causes us to be fully alive in him. So church family, this is our close. Let's get in the presence where he can wash us. He can stamp his identity upon us. And then let's get the people around that are going to speak words of life to us and build us up. Would you all stand with me this morning and we'll close. Let's pray. Maybe for some of you, you find yourself in that, that tornado like Dorothy and your world's just spinning and spinning around. And there's a voice of a wizard that's just kind of creating some havoc. I want to encourage you that there is a much stronger voice that you need to tune into. And I also want to encourage you, find your tribe. Find a group of people that, that are not just going to clown around, but are intentional to breathe life inside of you. Jesus, I just ask you, Lord, that you would help get the man right. Help get the inner man, that inner atmosphere. Put joy down deep in our hearts. Calm those fears. Jesus, I pray that you would bring in a, a new perspective. Wash over our perspective. And Jesus, I pray that we would feel you dance over us. We would hear you singing over us. We would feel you celebrating over us. Lord, we pray that we would be the number one life givers in our marriage, the number one life givers in our school, the number one life givers on the team, the number one life givers in our jobs, and the number one life givers in this community. Jesus, I pray that we would be like you, that we would bring life. We honor you today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.